No, ooh, that, I, was, I said the wrong one. I fell in love with James's room. I took it over and it became a greenhouse. This is the <laughs> controversial thing. Matt and I both refer to the same house by different, different names. names. To me, it's the firm. To him, it's the greenhouse. <laughs> it might be the one serious bit of beef between us. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast, episode nine, and we are here recording on a Thursday. Uh, a little, little bit of a different day for us recording, but you know things are switching up in our life, so we thought, why not switch up the the day that we record and the the day that you receive your podcast during the week. So it is Thursday, twenty fifth of March. Uh, also, a, an important day for us New Zealanders here as well. Just a quick mention in the sense of it has been a year. Uh, since we went into level four lockdown for COVID-19. So uh, what a year it has been. But here we are in, in 2021 and we will continue on. But the the lovely, fun, beautiful thing about recording on a Thursday means that, uh, a Thursday afternoon, I might say, is that we can enjoy a beverage. We can we can enjoy a beer together. Um, so uh, James, do you want to maybe let them know wh- why that's a, a cool thing? Why that's a cool thing, Um, because drinking at nine o'clock on a Monday morning is not something that we condone, (laughs) first and foremost. Yeah, I guess as as original listeners will know, the the naming of the show, the Bros and Brews podcast, was not necessarily alcohol related, but all too all too often we've been wishing that we could have uh, enjoyed a a cold beverage while we record, but most of the time we've been recording at nine, ten, eleven a.m. on a Monday or or a Sunday, and you know, as much as we enjoy a cold one, it's not, <laughs> it's you not, know, it's not necessarily mm. something that we're about, but uh, <laughs> for completely different reasons, we've, we've, well, we're at least trying to see what it might be like to record on Thursdays and Thursday afternoons specifically based on my uh, work schedule moving around and Matt's moving around. So we're trying this out and yeah, it's just gone four o'clock on a Thursday and, and the great news is that that sensibly we can enjoy a beverage but more importantly we've uh we've got a new segment for the show one that revolves around uh beers specifically being our brew of choice um and and the name of the game which you'll come to love if you continue on the journey with us is brulette Ooh, it's a hot name it's hot it's hot <laughs> when did we did we come up with this this week at the wedding we all should say we're back from the wedding again, we which was uh, yes. you know over a week ago. But but it still feels fresh in our mind. And mm. uh, when yeah, did we come up with it? Recently, recently. I think we were talking about how you know we want to yeah, like you said, we want to get back into being able to have a beer during mm. during the recording and during everyone's listening. Um, and yeah, we thought it might be a, a fun idea that uh, both of us go and purchase a beverage, uh, a beer. Uh, of our choice we've got certain parameters that we're kind of working around um, and we will see if per chance one week we actually buy the same beer and so that became a bit of a roulette uh, yeah. uh, so that's where a brulette has uh, stumbled stumbled upon into our podcast now <laughs> and it's here to stay so the name of the game is brulette and how it will work uh, in the weeks weeks to come is that Exactly as, as Matt described, we will uh, at some point in the week go and purchase a single can of beer 
Um, we've said from supermarkets only, we want to sort mm-hmm. of get the, the fair test. That's one of the few things I remember from science at school is only change a certain number of variables or else you're unlikely to get the, the result that you can test. So a supermarket bought single canned beer. Uh, after some some debate, <laughs> we've decided that volume is not set. So it mm. could be 300 mil, 440 mil or anywhere in between or above or below. But it must be a single can. So no buying a six pack and pulling one out or a mm-hmm. box or mm-hmm. and no bottles either. We're trying to we're trying to somewhat limit the playing field. But I mean if you've ever been into a supermarket and gone into the alcohol section, you know, with the state of New Zealand's craft brewery industry there are a lot like uh, my guess would be if i went into the new world chafers and counted every single beer there i reckon there'd be well over 50 mm, mm. obviously depends on what supermarket you're buying from and obviously True. stock stock changes all the time but that's the name of the game we buy one beer every week with the hope that by by positive manifestation and the universe shining on us that <laughs> one week at some point we will buy the exact same beer and so any week where we don't get it, because probably spoilers, it's likely to take a while. Uh, <laughs> we can't buy either of those beers again. And in theory, the pool of beers should should get smaller and smaller. The good news for you, the listener, is that there is going to be uh, a prize attached to the Brulette segment. So every week that Matt and I unsuccessfully uh, fail the Brulette challenge, uh, we will both add $2 to the prize pool and as the weeks go and the weeks go and the weeks go uh the prize pool will get bigger and bigger until eventually touch wood fingers crossed we, we <laughs> eventually get there and one week you were sitting at a bus stop or lying on your couch and you'll hear the the whoops and hollers of us successfully chancing upon buying the same beer at that moment um whenever you're listening because of course we're trying to encourage you guys to tune in frequently and promptly um if you hear the successful uh brulette whoops and cheers and you want to win the prize which will be the 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 prize pool that we've built up and we will turn that into some kind of bruise package like we did a couple of months ago uh one of our loyal listeners uh ella was fortunate enough to win the the bruise package where we we messaged her and asked her what her sort of uh interests were with tasting notes and things and we put together a a, a brew box and we sent it out to her if next week somehow we chance it you'll eight dollars will be the budget but if it takes us a year it could build to a significant prize so significant prize if and when we succeed what you have to do is take a screenshot and of course you only know if you listen to the episode where it happens is take a screenshot of the episode of you listening to us uh it's the only time we'll ever condone you pausing the episode obviously (laughs) as if you hear it pause the episode screenshot it on your phone or your device wherever you're listening to it and post on either Instagram or Facebook the screenshot of the episode and you have to write in text over the episode the name of the beer company, the name of the style of beer and the name of the beer itself. Hashtag brulette, B-R-E-W-L-E-T-T-E and tag us on Instagram or Facebook. So no DMing us. You need to do a public post on your story or on your Facebook page or whatever because we need to know and you need to be publicly sharing that Brulette has been succeeded. And of course, it will only be the first person who does it. So, you know, we're encouraging prompt listening to 
the episodes, which will now be going up on Thursday evenings. Um, I've rattled through a little <laughs> bit of admin. We'll go over it every week and, yeah. and you know. It'll get not, faster and faster. It'll get faster and faster and faster. As a little example for today. Now, we don't want to pretend. We know we haven't bought the same beer because beforehand <laughs> we were still figuring out the antics and Matt's bought a larger beer than I have. So we know it's not the same. But every week how it will work is the first thing we'll start with is the the style of beer. For those of you who aren't beer drinkers, you might learn a thing or two. For those of you who are beer drinkers, you'll be halfway there with us. The first thing we'll start off with is the style uh, of beer to share, and we'll see as we work along. If we know immediately that we're not there, or if we will move on to brewery, and then finally uh, the name of the beer. And I'll kick it off this week, man. Oh, do it, please. please. Should we say it at the same time? Uh... Same time. We'll do the same, same time. time. We'll do it at the same time. Okay, so uh, on the count of three, okay. uh, we'll do a three, two, one, go. And on go, we'll say the, the style of beer that cool. we fought. Perfect. Alrighty. Three, two, one. Hazy IPA. IPA. Oh. Ooh. Mine's not a hazy. Nah, mine, mine, yeah. <laughs> I, I find the hazy IPAs are, are, are funny things. You can get hazies, mm-hmm. and obviously you can get IPAs, but yeah. your mine is classified as a, a hazy IPA. Well... Two dollars well, into the kitty. There we, we go. Move on to next week. <laughs> yeah. Should we have got it right, we would move on to the brewery. You know, there'd mm-hmm. be there'd be nervous energy, sort of Olympic golden medal sort of level of tension. Um, Say so we'd said the same thing. We'd probably move on and do a little three, two, one with the brewery. So should we do that anyway? Of course. Why not? All right. Three, two, one. Sawmill. Parrot dog. Sawmill. Nice. And then say we'd both done. I don't know, the make of the beer, the brewery. Because sometimes, you know, I know for a fact that Parrot Dog has more than one hazy beer. True. I guess we just go for the name of it. And sometimes beers don't have them. Mm. But we'll have to we'll have to go for the, the full thing. So should we do that? Of course. To, to finish it off. Definitely. All right. Three, two, one. Key. Sawmill IPA. <laughs> Mine doesn't have a name, Yours doesn't have a name. The Sawmill, sawmill. it's just Sawmill mm. India Pale Ale. No, I, I know I know Sawmill is renowned to that, but that, that that the thing that I love about Parrot Dog is that they name their beers like people's names. Oh uh, uh, yeah, it's very funny, and I find yeah. it very entertaining. And this beer is literally called Keith, which is I find <laughs> just so fascinating. Um, so well, I'm I am drinking to hear uh, how you how you think Keith tastes. But let's get it over with, mate. We've we've done all the waffles. It's been a long since Let's crack them open. Ah. Uh. And uh, let's see what we think. Cheers. Cheers. Initial thoughts? Mmm. 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 Nice. Yeah, I um, I really like um, hazies. And I think IPAs just kind of, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people don't like hazies because they're so kind of, you know, left field and, and from your, you know, your regular APAs and your IPAs and things like that. Hazies just kind of add another another note to everything um but the ipa kind of keeps it keeps it in that um ball ground of almost it being like a a double ipa in the sense but not as uh not as hoppy um the hazy gives a little bit more citrus value i would say um very nice that's very nice i'll cut you off there um (laughs) 
not because I'm sick of listening to you, but yeah, no, we'll, fine. We'll come, back at, we'll come back at the end of the episode for final <laughs> thoughts. Um, my initial thoughts are definitely lacking the sort of fruity notes that I like in an IPA. Mm. Mm. It says thirst quenching bitterness on the can, which I would agree with. I would not in a bad way, not bitterness in a bad way, but it doesn't have sort of the fruitiness of lots of IPAs that I go for. So, um, interesting. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how I feel at the end and we'll come back around every week. We'll let you know everything. For those of you that are beer drinkers out there in about a year, we should have gone through every available, <laughs> every available, uh, canned beer at the supermarket. Very true. Very true. Um, but to sum it up, it's nice to be here on a Thursday afternoon and be able to sort of responsibly, uh, Enjoy beer with you, mate, while we uh, get into exactly. the rest of the week's proceedings. While we crack on, yeah. Um, but yeah, people, once again, we will be doing this every week. Keep an ear out, keep an eye out, keep up to date, um, and enjoy the fun, because we're pretty excited about it. Um, but we will continue on, we will crack on. I have some news to share mm-hmm. on something that has happened uh, this week with me. Now, it is a bit of a a, a somber a somber note, you know, it's not the most amazing story. Um, but I wanted to uh, share it with you at least because it's just very interesting me how fragile the body is. Mm. Um, basically, um, no one knows. I mean, you know what happened. My grandmother uh, went into hospital last week and I was at her place. We were watching the 36 America's Cup race, the final race. Um, and we were at, I was at my grandma's house with my mother um, and we, we, we heard my grandmother kind of calling out um, some really distressing noises and we went into her room and noticed that something was completely wrong with her so we called an ambulance and we waited for the ambulance to come along um and on first initial thoughts we thought she had had a stroke um which is obviously a a very horrible thing um my grandmother had a stroke two years ago so it's not out of line from something that's that's happened before anyway she went into hospital and she was getting tests and all the tests done and things like that and they they there was no proof of a stroke of happened nothing they couldn't find anything things weren't right because the right side of her body wasn't working as we know strokes do you kind of a side of the body fails um and because a stroke is all obviously to do with the brain and you know little explosions and things like that and what's going on in there anyway we found we found out two days ago that she now has a neurological disorder i can't quite remember what the neurological disorder is but basically what's happened with her is that she has gone under some intense shock or stress and the the pathways that she rebuilt after having the stroke two years ago have completely disappeared wow so that so what so the stroke she had two years ago she uh suffered blurriness in the eye she lost the use of her like strength of her right arm and her left her uh, her her right leg and her right arm um, and she had soreness in her fingers and couldn't move them and it's exactly the same symptoms and the doctors were saying that yeah her brain has literally had a brain fart and it's completely cut all of the pathways that she relearned to get those things back into order so now she has to start from from square one square two with all of those things again but it, it, it absolutely fascinated me that that could even happen and the doctor was saying that two people go into Auckland hospital every day with the same thing, a neurological disorder. Their brain has had a fart and completely broken, rebuilt pathways in the brain. And so this was brought on by an intense shock. 
Yeah, but the thing is, is that uh, uh, we were discussing it as a family and with her and stuff that she had a headache two days before the episode. Um, she was sick the week before that. But when we were at her house with her that morning before it happened, she was in the garden. She was gardening. Everything seemed really fine. There was n- no signals that something was going on. Um, but then... I I think I described it to you, James, and I've described it to a few other friends. When we went into her room, it's like she was living a nightmare. Like she was stuck somewhere and she was just having these terrible thoughts and she didn't quite know where she was or what had happened. And she actually thought she had hurt me and she was asking if I was okay. So we think that she might have literally had a nightmare, like a really bad dream, like a daydream. And it's completely just put her body into shock. And that's happened in her brain. Wow. Crazy. Fragile. I mean, my, my grandmother's old. I think she's about 80, 82, I believe. Um, so, you know, she's she, she's she's old. Um, but the, the fact that I didn't really know that something like that could happen in the sense of the brain just kind of resets and forgets things that it's it's rebuilt is just yeah, a bit, bit crazy to me. So I just wanted to share that for people that may have not known, um, and also to you, James, as a very close friend, but obviously being public to all the listeners there, that it's a very random thing that can happen. And, I mean, for us as a family, we're glad that she's okay and she hasn't necessarily suffered another stroke, but it's the fact that we kind of have to be with her again and make sure that, you know, we help with her rehab in the sense of making her strong again. So very, very odd week the last week has been. Yeah, obviously I'm sorry to hear that when you let me know about, about the news and, and since having heard what what happened, obviously glad that, that your grandma's out of hospital. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Brain stuff is just so, is so immense. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not sure if you, you followed, I think it was last year, the um, one of the, the stars from Mythbusters, Grant Imahara, uh, yes, he, Imahara, he yeah. died from a, a brain aneurysm. Yeah, and they they just come on completely unexpected. They just mm. they just happen, and your system shuts down. It's definitely scary. I mean, as you said, somber notes. It's not the the sort of no, thing that, the, that they put on a beer can. No, uh, no. <laughs> bright golden color with clean citrus aromas with somber notes. Um, but no, you're right, and especially when we try and check in and talk about how things are, these these things just ha- happen, and you have to grapple with realizing, wow, the human body, you know, we're not impenetrable, we're not nah, it's fragile, invincible, man. Partic- yeah. you know, particularly when you get when you get older, the the body and the brain just try and do the best that that they can, and resetting mm. two years is obviously not not i not ideal, and your poor grandma has to now go through that work, but. You know, that might be the defense mechanism to stop something else happening. happening. You know, that's yeah. the first line of defense. The, the, body's, the body is cr- it's it's crazy, weird. man. It's, it's weird. There's so little that you and I understand. And I guess people in the medical profession just, they're so much more informed about mm. those those sorts of things. Those um, things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I call to everyone listening. If you are if you are a person of a, of faith as my as my grandmother is and she would appreciate anyone wants to chuck any prayers her way go for it um, but yeah I ask for your thoughts and and all of that people in the sense of look if you're going through you know hard times with family and stuff me and James are always here for a talk and that's exactly what we want to do here on this on this platform and on this podcast so if you ever need anyone to reach out 
can always reach out to us. Otherwise, we always um, we always encourage you to reach out to your family and friends and see how they're doing and how they're going as well. Um, so once again, for all of you listeners and James, thank you for letting me share something like this once again. Of course, of course. Kia ora, bro. Sure. Um, I mean, it seems less less significant, but I guess, uh, you know, in the main stories to share and, and how we're going, the, the main thing going on with me at the moment is we finally... Uh, Fran and I have moved into this new new house. It's just us. Yay! Um, Woo! Woohoo! Literally, uh, less than an hour ago, I messaged Matt and said, "Hey, I'm going to be late <laughs> because I'm breaking down all the cardboard boxes." And there would have been at least thirty. I Serious, saw a photo of the boxes, people. There were a lot of boxes. Outrageous number of boxes. Because moving is just such a pain. Um. Yeah, so so we kind of find of almost feel like we're in there. Um, I'll will tell a little story l- later on about it because that's a spoiler yeah. within the spoiler within the episode. <laughs> uh, that's sort of where our focus lies this week. But it, it's really nice to be here and have a beer with you. I mean, it's not the end of the week, but it no. feels like I've kind of moved into into a new phase. But nice, yeah, I'll get to that later on because yeah, mean, we're mean, heading mean. that direction later on. But <laughs> but there's something else we have to get to before then there is there is and this is this is the part of the episode where it kind of picks up it's a bit of fun it's something new for us we've done it a couple of times um and that is the buzzfeed quiz i don't know why i did there it's just we're coming you know we've got got to keep it lively you know especially after my somber notes of a beer that i've just put on this podcast somber um, notes. so so here we are buzzfeed quiz quiz um and the, my quiz for you today james uh, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of one uh, from outfield, but I, I I found it quite fun to do myself. And this quiz is there are six main Disney aesthetics. Which one is yours? Um, I mean, we're now, all about learning about each other's personalities and yeah, exactly. You know, we're aesthetics, doing here. whether we whether we love them or hate them, they're a key part of everyone. And <laughs> here we are. I'm ready ready to learn. I should say I'm I'm sporting a. Uh, very old Helen Stein's singlet. I think I bought this singlet in two. In th- definitely, I hundred percent bought this singlet <laughs> in two thousand and eleven. Coming up ten years for production of Ninety Years of Broadway, which was the sort of big production with us in QMC, and weirdly, still slightly too big for me. So you still know, slightly too big aesthetics. You know, we can't get we can't get away from them. But I'm ready. <laughs> You're ready. And so, yes, we're focusing on Disney aesthetics in particular. Now, I did I did run through... I'm going to list off the six possible ones mm-hmm. because it doesn't let you know what the outcomes are. Obviously, we will. I know what I am and you will know what yours are. But the six possible Disney aesthetics that you could be is Hero Wave, Retro Wave, Princess Pop, Space Core, Villain Core, and Light Atlantia. Now we, we you they we all made, sound sexy. I know, I know. I, I was I was pretty happy with mine, but we'll get to that soon. So we'll start it off. Question one: Which of these words do you think best describes you? Kind-hearted, funny, determined, clever, adventurous, creative. God, that's more words than I thought. Can you go through them <laughs> slightly slower? Kind, kind-hearted, 
We should also funny. say, now that we're having a beer with the show, it, it will obviously drop off in quality the longer we get into episodes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if we'll you get feel to the end of it, it'll be like, yeah, yeah, feel yeah, at any yeah, point yeah. if you think we're dropping off, that's fine. Just stop listening. Sorry. We're no, it's all, no, we're all drinking responsibly here. We're all drinking we are, responsibly yeah. here. Uh, kind-hearted, mm-hmm. funny, mm-hmm. determined, yep. clever, yep. adventurous, creative. Oh, there are some really good ones there. Which one jumps out? Can you eliminate any? I wouldn't say funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say adventurous. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say kind-hearted. Mm-hmm. Again, like aspects of everyone's personality. Oh, aspects of everyone, yeah. of course. But this is your... Yeah. Um, determined, clever, creative. Determined, clever, creative. And sorry, what was the exact wording of the question? Uh, which of these words do you think best describes you? Best describes you. I'd say it's either determined or creative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go creative. Nice. Nice. Respectable. Very, very good on a creative podcast. Uh, pick a Disney location to live in. Now, for people at home, I will be sending... Uh, James a photo of these images just to kind of give him a little bit more reference but for you uh, the, the 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 possible answers are Tafiti, which is Moana Asgard obviously Thor uh, Arendelle which I believe is Frozen Neverland uh, Peter Pan uh, Naboo Star Wars and Monstropolis which is Monsters University or Monsters Inc I believe I'm gonna go Monstropolis bro Oh, I think nice. sort of, yeah, Monstropolis sort of based off vaguely American cities and yep, yep, yeah, yeah, dense location kind of. Yeah, I get you, I get you. All right, next question: If you were in a Disney movie, what would your thing be? What would your thing be in a Disney movie? I'm the chosen one. I come from a powerful family. I've been wronged and I want revenge. I have a ragtag team of funny friends. I'm destined to go on a great adventure, or I have magical powers. Can you repeat the question for me again? If you were in a Disney movie, mm. what would your thing be? I guess, what would your hero story be, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go, I have magical powers. Nice, nice, good answer, good answer. I respect that. All right, next. What do you like to do in your spare time? Read a book? Bake a cake? Have a movie marathon? Go on a hike? Play video games? Or grab some lunch with friends? I'm going to go grab some lunch with friends. I don't do it that often, but I think theoretically that's That's what you would... Nice. Yeah. Uh, Which of these things do you value the most? Justice. Love. Hope. Power, money, friends and family. Friends and family. Boom. How many people are answering these like with the villain route? I'd like yeah, to think yeah, there's yeah, some yeah, random definitely. people just yeah. really jaded going power, like very, <laughs> but not in a joking way, honestly answering the BuzzFeed questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, once again, photo to James for reference. Pick a Disney food to eat. Cronk spinach puffs. Aurora's Sweet Sixteen Cake, Eat Me Cookies, which I believe from Alice in Wonderland, 
uh, the grey stuff, which is from Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Smiley Face Porridge. Man, I can't remember where that's from, though. Smiley Mulan. Face Porridge. I think, Mulan? It's, con- I think it's congee. Ah. A savory, a savory, uh, savory porridge dish, uh, which I think is either Japanese or Chinese. Well, oh. if it's Mulan, where is Mulan's heritage? Chinese. Chinese. Chinese, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, last last one, at least, ratatouille. Ratatouille, boom. Lock it boom. Easiest question ever asked Straight on away. BuzzFeed. Definitely. What is your greatest strength? I know how to get what I want. I never back down from a challenge. I'm smarter than people give me credit for. I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. I can get along with just about anyone. I am always fit. Fight. I... <laughs> I always fight for what I believe in. The one about getting on with just about anybody. Nice. Nice. Uh, Pick a classic Disney outfit. Uh, So we've got a photo of uh, Little Mermaid uh, as she uh, has her legs and beautiful sparkly blue dress. Uh, Maleficent as a photo of Mulan in uh, in her male outfit. Um, uh, Sleeping Beauty, Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. And Belle in her beautiful gown. Really? Probably unexpected. I'm going to go with Sleeping Beauty's outfit. Nice. Oh, no, no, Which is I sort of, a, I don't know how you just, you'd describe it. A kind of... Um, a s- small waisted... Uh, well, she's got uh, a... She's got, I don't know like if it's a single it's piece. It's like a corset, or corset piece over a long sleeve shirt, long right? Long sleeve shirt and sort of what would... Is either a skirt or part of, part of the dress. But, yes. you know, very... I'm not going to go into it. The more I describe it, the weirder it gets. But yes, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, what genre would the Disney movie of your life be? Now, I had a very hard time doing this. Uh, action, comedy, sci-fi, coming of age, romance, horror. Um, it's going to be coming of age, surely. Sweet, coming of age. Horror. Horror. <laughs> that would be. I would be very sad if any of our, if either of ours was horror. Uh, which of these bedrooms feels most like home to you? Another photo to James, but you people at home. Uh, I'll do my best to describe these quickly and justifiably for you. Uh, this is just a beautiful kind of a room, bed in the corner, lovely brown wood notes throughout the room. Uh, next bedroom, very black and white. Big space, but very black and white. Very loft, sort of. Very lofty, yeah. yeah. Uh, third picture, a lot of green. There's there's plants everywhere. There's there's leaves on the wall um, and green kind of uh, accents. Uh, and then you've got your, your classic pink and white uh, frames on the wall, kind of nice and sterile, but cute. Uh, and then you've got a lovely kind of, I mean, I would say this is a mansion room, million dollars. It's just got windows surrounding uh, with a very low bed uh, and a TV at the at the head of it, uh, overlooking mountains. Uh, and then the last room, just your classic kind of nice, bougie, grey notes, bookshelves, fairy lights, desk, bed. I'm going to go with the first one, which to describe Ooh. to you a little more, wooden floor, Sort of, as Matt said, sort of brown notes, um, white walls, very brown and white kind of. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, nice. that one. Uh, I like that. I like that. Uh, pick a classic Disney song. I won't say I'm in love. A whole new world. Let it go. Hakuna Matata. Reflection. 
I see the light. Uh, probably a whole new world. Whole new world. Nice. Definitely the one I've sung most recently in the... my car. Ah. <laughs> All right. Last question. Here we go. And it is the last uh, photo to James. Uh, don't think. Just go with your gut. Which image are you most drawn to? Um, now, I'll I'll let James quickly think of that. But for everyone at home, you've got like a lovely teacup set with lovely sweets and things like that. Next photo is almost like an aurora in the sky, pink and green, uh, looking over some rocky cliffs onto the water. Um, third photo is just a lot of kind of Roman ancient statues in a kind of courtyard. Uh, fourth photo is someone drawing on a notepad. Fifth one is a person walking through a forest. And the sixth one is just a city skyscape from a helicopter. Uh, I went went for the forest. Again, I tried Ooh. to go with the go with your gut. I think my eyes went there. I tried to I considered the cityscape, but I I think instinctually I went for the forest. Nice. Well, I can say you have received retro wave. You've got that old school classic Disney vibe going on. You're outgoing, naturally funny, and super reliable. You've got a vintage sense of style and would definitely consider yourself to be a nostalgic person. Bro, that's that's bang on. Do, do you know what's that kind of bang on about that? Is that I got exactly the same one, bro. For the first time on our BuzzFeed quizzes, we have hey. received the same answer. Obviously, there's only six categories to choose from, um, but we received the same one. I got retro wave as well, bro. Um, Can you go through the elements again? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, oh, wait for you. Which what? What were the elements for us? No, no, no. Uh, just describing retro wave. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you've got that old school classic Disney vibe going on. You're outgoing, yeah. yep. naturally funny, and Probably super reliable. Uh, you've yeah, got a vintage so. sense of style, well, and would definitely no style, consider yourself fine. to be a nostalgic person. Yes, 100% yes. I don't dwell on the past, but I consider myself to be very nostalgic. Yeah, yeah. I think the least true part is me having, like, vintage style. I don't really think I have any any style. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with that as well. Hang but on. I think Actually, I take it back. I'm wearing a singlet from 10 years ago. Vintage. Vintage. I am 100% retro wave. <laughs> Yo, uh, I am also wearing a, a Barker's uh, vintage range. It's new, but it's a vintage... Uh, um, uh, logo so vintage boom it's also nostalgic because you don't really work there anymore I don't really so work there anymore yeah true stop yeah, dwelling yeah. in the yeah. in the past with your clothing choice <laughs> <laughs> no that's nice that we got that we got someone and to be honest yeah. a really good quiz because those questions were I mean I know the visual ones aren't much fun for people listening but the I think there are some BuzzFeed questions quizzes which are just like what is your favourite colour you know, yeah. but yeah. I like the ones where there's at least two or three every question, and and you're not quite quite sure. Um, yeah, 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 where, yeah. Where you want to go with it? So another exactly. another ticket. Another off. good quiz. Now I won't run through every question, but I'll quickly just give you my answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, kind-hearted. Uh, I went with Asgard uh, for my location. Um, I'm destined to go on a great adventure uh, for my thing. Uh, play video games on uh, spare time which is very true uh friends and family what i value uh i also went with ratatouille as well uh i can get along with just about anyone which i also went with 
Um, I actually chose Belle as my Disney outfit because Beauty and the Beast is uh, very much one of my favorites. Um, I went with <laughs> so so for my my life. What movie? What what Disney movie would my life be? I went for Romance. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's very true, right? Like yeah. I've I've been in a relationship since I was fourteen. Uh, not one, multiple relationships since I was fourteen. So I'd definitely be like a rom com of some sort or uh, uh, romance horror. Uh, anyway, uh, the bedroom I went with uh, was the kind of grey one, not the black and white. I went with the fairy light shelves yeah. kind of grey notes. Yeah, that's the one I went with. I went with Hakuna Matata for my song. Uh, and then for that last uh, photo, I actually went with the aurora, aurora in the sky, looking over the sea. So not to disregard our even answers, but I count three of 12 answers. The same. I agree. Not, we didn't get a lot of the same answer. Uh, there were a few, but not a lot. But, but, I, but I, the, I did the strong BuzzFeed co- algorithms, clearly, yep, exactly. they don't lie. They don't I lie, man. A, so who are we to question? I did research, I went through a lot of the comments, and there were definitely multiple answers, so we just happened to come out on Retrowave. Retro. Retrowave. I mean, it's just, That's us. It's just a Retrowave thing. Yeah. Um, the bedroom question was really interesting, and probably a good way to get into uh, where we're going, because I like all of them, but it's yeah, a good same. reflection of how vibe of space of where you live can change so significantly that's one of the things about the place that Fran and I have moved into when we viewed it the way the people uh, had it was completely different than the way we've utilized the space and the way you hang things what sort of things you buy how you deck out a space can completely change where you're living and so we've gone from just moving into this house to now kind of two weeks later we really really love it and it already feels like uh, like home Um, And that's where we're heading today. Uh, We wanted to talk about... It's something we've had on our list for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything, I guess, living, flatting, renting, flatmates, uh, all of that stuff, that kind of shared living uh, stories, our experiences where flatting has crossed over from us because it's something that, I guess, particularly in New Zealand, almost everyone goes through. Not the case for everyone. Some people mm-hmm. stay at home for a super mm-hmm. long time, then buy a house. Some people, I don't know, just skip over the the flatting experience. But I think it's pretty formative in the New Zealand sort of post-school decade. Um, also very topical at the moment, not just because I've yeah, moved into very- I don't mean it's topical personally, but it's topical uh, politically, uh, socio-culturally at the moment. Housing has been a big thing for a long time, but... It feels like it's coming more and more and more to the fore. Uh, the yeah. government just a couple of days ago, maybe even yesterday, uh, the Labour government announced some new legislation regarding uh, rental properties, people who own multiple investment properties, the tax rights around those. Uh, within the last couple of months, they also made change, changes to the rights of renters and tenants versus the rights of owners and kind of these, these cogs are shifting and we should say at the moment there's there's a really serious rental crisis in Wellington. There has been for a few mm. years. It's been building and building. Um, I imagine rent prices have gone up everywhere in New Zealand. Um, but the state of the market at the moment is just so catastrophic and has just made me feel really lucky that we went through university and we went through that flooding period when we did because yeah, true. the price of flats now versus 2015, 2016 is, is significantly, significantly different. And I've heard from multiple sources 
people inside the university, people who know people that work there, you know, people involved in economics and, and you know, Wellington City Council that Wellington at the moment is really dropping off a cliff in terms of new university applicants because people don't want to live here. It's live not considered there. viable yeah. for people coming out of school to come to Wellington because they're so aware that the rental situation is so ridiculously bad at the moment. Um, yeah. And what a shame for a city that, you know, has has traditionally been one of the the hubs that people flood to, particularly if you're creative and you like the kind of weird Wellington vibe. And uh, from what I've heard, mm. the enrollments at Vic are massively, massively down. No, obviously we don't have international students, so everyone's enrollments are down, but they must be tracking the stats of that. And that's simply because living in Wellington at the moment, particularly if you're a student, is just impossible. I, I mean, if I was living in Auckland, if I'd gone to school in Auckland, or Christchurch, or Hawke's Bay, Tauranga, had to decide where to live. Now, I mean, if I knew the situation in Wellington and you're staring down the barrel of paying, you know, at least 200, if not 220, 240, up to 250 in a second year flat when student loan, you know, is nowhere near enough to, to offset that, that's the situation at the moment. So, it's kind of a good way for us to get into talking about flatting, but also, you know, being the, the nostalgic people that we are, um, <laughs> looking back and reflecting on some of our flatting stories and yeah, those formative experiences compared to how we, how we live, live now. I mean, is live there anything you, you want to hit off the top before we dive into to sort of our, our introduction to the, the flatting life <laughs> at the moment? Yeah, no, you're 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 uh, you hit most of the points, man. I mean, my thing I just wanted to quickly say about flatting and stuff is like you, you, it it shapes you, you know, and yeah. so much. And being in a particular space, uh, who you're with, really matters, you know. Uh, I mean, I've heard plenty of stories about people just having just horrific flatting experiences. Not in the sense of just money, but it's in the sense of where they're flatting, the conditions they're flatting in, the people they're flatting with as well. You know, it really puts a toll on you. And money is just a whole other thing that people have to kind of think about and worry about. Well, actually, it's kind of the 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 biggest thing that people have to worry about, really. But it's getting to that point where you kind of, you know, just have to pay it and live with it. You know, you just got to find a place, no matter if there's people you know or people you don't know and things like that. And yeah, I think that's the that's the kind of you know the story and the way that flatting happens, right? And that how it starts. I mean, we both went to halls. Both started in a halls of residence, um, and then from there, you know, um, for me going to Wellington, it was very much I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone when I was going down to Wellington, so I went to halls and I had to make friends. I had to find a group or find people that I vibed with and that I en- enjoyed being around. Um, and in that first year, and uh, coming to the end of it, I had to be like, man, who am I going to flat with next year? What am I going to do next year? Kind of thing. And I remember there was a group of us guys in the halls and we were like, yeah, we'll do this. Yep, we'll do this. And so we went and saw some flats, didn't work out. Went and saw another place, didn't work out. And we were like, okay, yeah, I think this this next one will be the one. And then all of a sudden, I think there was about six of us guys, four of the guys left me and my mate Harry for other guys. They just went another way. I was like, oh, okay. So me and Harry were, uh, I remember me and Harry were in the um, common room 
uh, watching TV, just chilling on some beanbags, being like, oh my God, what the hell are we going to do? And then some um, some girls we knew in the hall, they came into the into the common room and they were like, are you guys trying to figure out flatting? And we were like, yeah. They were like, do you want to flat with us? And we were like, uh, yeah. So all of a sudden, me and Harry, uh, two guys were flatting with four girls uh, on Cuba Street for our second year. But it came from the fact that some guys had ditched us and thankfully we had some angels <laughs> that wanted to uh, flat with us. And then all of a sudden we found ourselves flatting on Cuba Street. It was so random, but it, it worked it. out. That period, if you live in Hall in first year, they don't really tell you and it's not really on anyone's mind at the start of the year that at a certain point you have to <laughs> figure out friends. what you're doing next year. <laughs> and I remember at some point, it's I guess it's sort of, it's just exponential. All it takes is one person having the conversation and then all of a sudden it starts flowing and you yep. hear that other people were talking about flatting what you're it. doing next year. Mm. Mm. And it becomes like one of those games. Did you ever play at school? The game where you're all just walking around the room and all of a sudden the instructor or teacher or whatever yells like, everyone get into groups of seven. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah, have to yeah. grab bunches, random people. Uh, is that what it's called? Yeah, bunches. I never knew what it was called. And you just have to grab the people closest to you and could it kind of cling on for dear yep. life. And then if yep. you didn't make a group, you're out. That's sort of cutthroat <laughs> nature of it. Then everyone get to groups of three and get to groups of five. And it was a bit like that. You kind of hear that, that people are, are starting to, to make groups and you go, Oh, who do I want to live with shit? Like the clock's ticking, mm. but what if I make mm. a bad decision? Yep. And I think it tends to start when a close group of generally speaking, all girls or all guys in their first year of university go, Oh my God, I can't wait to live. We'll live together next year. Blah, blah, blah. It's you so know, fun. It's so fun. If that's you, terrible idea. Any first years out there listening, awful idea. Doomed to fail. You will hate each other. Um, I think that's Reality usually how it starts. Yeah. And from there, it starts to sort of go on outwards. Mm. And so I remember my first year, um, I think it must have been, you know, start of second semester, maybe the end of first semester. And the conversations were starting to be had. And I've been, I mean... You know me, I'm a social butterfly, so there weren't yeah. really any super close friends that I went, I'll definitely live with you. There were a couple of guys who I was friends with, but I kind of knew that I was friends with them in a first year, mm. sort of, mm. to, to, to put it bluntly, and not as bad as this, but kind of like lad culture in the sense that first year we were like, oh, we're like, we're boys, like we'll go yeah, out so, together. Yeah, boys. Probably similar to you and, and your group of friends. Mm-hmm. of six or whatever it was but I think I was smart enough to know that I wouldn't enjoy living with them and so there was one guy on my floor uh, called Ed who I didn't have that much to do with but I was I was sort of switched on enough to go who do I think would be good to live with mm. who's going to be someone mm. who understands how to pay bills and be clean and run a house and I thought Ed was that person and so sort of, I think I said to Ed at some point, uh, hey, do you have any plans for next year? If not, would you be keen to live together? Obviously, we need to find some people. And he must have said yes. And the thing about 2-2-2 two, two, two <laughs> was uh, some people lived in fours. Mm. So the sort of four bedrooms with a mini sort of lounge. And so uh, our friend Chris, uh, who we name dropped on the, the episode 
last week, he was living in Ed's four. And Ed was like, well, we should bring Chris and Chris would be good to live with. I didn't really know Chris. I was like, cool, whatever, we need to film a group. Uh, Jake <laughs> was also living with them. And mm-hmm. so I think they, they didn't feel bad for Jake, but they went, well, of course we'll include him. And I was kind of like, well, again, it's fine. And so there were the four of us. And I think I think I was the person that went, I don't want to live with all guys. Can we at least find like a girl? Yep. And yep. Jake and SJ were friends from, I think they both studied geology. And so the five of us sort of ended up in this, what most people would describe as unusual flooding circumstance, a group of five with a four guy, one girl ratio. And I mean, for people that don't know SJ, she was on the episode last week, but she's just the most relaxed, mm-hmm. chill person mm-hmm. who would have never, ever thought about gender stuff as if that should be a, an, you know, yeah. a thing in flat politics. But it is. It always ends up being mm. that way in first year. And so the five of us kind of hung out together a little bit more in the second semester at, at 222, our hall. And the great thing about that was... I think so many people dive into flatting groups for their first year of flatting based on like we get on so well but a lot of that is based on false circumstances like you spend so much time together you eat dinner mm. together every day all you really do with each other is go out drinking in town it's kind of based on 10 percent of someone's personality oh definitely and the nice thing about uh, that that our group of five was for one thing we didn't actually know each other that well so when it came to live with each other meant we had more to discover but also we didn't build this group based on the expectation that we would continue to all can be best friends and that's what yep. these groups of guys do and girls do they're like, oh we're best best friends best friends usually the guy groups end up being disgustingly dirty and just <laughs> their flats turn into and i'm i'm generalizing here but most of it's based in truth and, i think it's a good assumption and girl groups tend to get a little bit catty normally stuff you know and again this is based on experiences that i've heard normally beef comes up a little bit more i don't think it happens so much with the boys but the boys flats end up being like kind of unruly and girls flats the relationships tend to break down um anyway that's how i ended up in my first flat a similar situation to you and that was kind of fortuitous how untraditional (laughs) expectations sort of um and then unlike you because it sounded like you were looking for flats while you were in wellington is that like when did you lock in the huber street thing um i think man when did we lock in the huber street thing well i remember did you view it before you signed it or were you before i signed it yeah i think oh god actually you know what there's part of that story that i don't actually remember i don't know my guess I would be think... that you probably didn't because this is often the case. People finish the year, they know who they're hanging out with, who they're going to you know, live with, and what happens is people go home for the holidays. Not everyone, you know, the university year ends. Most people uh, go back to where they're from. They go to the Hawke's Bay or Mount Maunganui or Auckland, and all of a sudden, usually there's one person living in Wellington who takes most oh, of the yeah, responsibility of finding a flat. And that's yeah. what happened to actually. That is what happened to me. Is yeah. you know, I was the Wellington person, and all of a sudden I went, "Well, I don't mind having all the responsibility because it means I will pick a flat that I know that I think we can live in." But you end up having to deal with other people's expectations where they can't view it, and that's how we ended up living at uh, our wonderful, wonderful property at 
137? Yeah, 137, 137 Glenmore Street. Uh, Such a good Glenmore place. Street. Uh, in Kelvin, which was just someone posted on Vic Deals. Uh, boo, we don't like Vic Deals anymore. It was a Facebook uh, community page, which has now gone super business and sold out and is known to allow sort of racial and sex, all sorts of awful comments. So we don't endorse Vic Deals anymore. But back then in 2014, 2015, it was a real just community hub. People posted, yeah. hey, I have a fridge, hey, I have a couch, hey, I have a flat. I remember seeing this get posted. I saw the photos. I messaged a group and went, bang, I'm going to go view it. I went and viewed it. I must have been one of the first there and immediately said to the guy, like, I think we would want this. And that was kind of the name of the game. Mm. Um, even back then, if you saw something and you viewed it and you could kind of pay the bond, people would just be like, well, cool, you can take it over. Um, and so because of that, I picked my room as a sort of tradition. The person who finds the place gets to pick the room. Um, and I picked the this room, which obviously there's more stories to tell about the the red room in, in Glenmore street. Um, and yeah, that's how we ended up with our first flat. But it's funny that you don't remember how you got the place in Cuba street, which I must admit, as I've said in a podcast before was where Matt and I first properly hung out. We watched a hurricanes game and it was this amazing, like New York style, oh, New York style. I couldn't believe so you lived, lived there. Yeah. It was amazing. And I had one of the biggest rooms as well. So to try and describe it to people you came in from the like off cuba street into a car park area out the back and you went up some stairs you walk into the kind of like lounge kitchen area one space you walk through a hallway bathroom on the bottom floor and then there's a big room that overlooks cuba street and then there was a small internal room so obviously once again i think the hard thing when you were looking for flats is deciding who's going to get what room like there's internal rooms, there's exterior rooms, there's smaller rooms, there's bigger rooms, there's this big democracy and just court session on trying to figure out who's getting what room. And it usually came down to who was happy to pay less and pay more. So really, I got the bigger room because I was happy paying more rent um, and I wanted more space. So in my room, I was able to have a bed, couch and a TV. Like it was massive. And I absolutely loved my setup so much i loved that room being able to open up the doors and sit on like open up the doors open up the windows and sit out and look over cuba street was amazing and as james said it was so cool for having people over and partying and i think we had a harry potter cupboard which for a few times we put my tv in there and it became a bit of a harry potter room which was quite fun i won't go into any more detail but it was cool um but yeah very very much a beautiful place wooden floors steel beams it was it was the ultimate first year flat, in my opinion. It was great. And two-story as well. So there were people upstairs and downstairs. As you said, it's, isn't it crazy how that's just the name of the game when it comes to housing? Ye who have more money may have <laughs> yeah. more size. And that's been the way for me most of the time. Is I've almost always accepted... Actually, that's probably not true. I've been in circumstances where I've paid less because money was more important to me than mm. the sort of living arrangement. And I think in the flat and Glenmore Street, some rooms were slightly better than others, but I think everyone yeah. was relatively happy with the room and they were all big. It was a big two-story house. Um, God, I, I think we were paying sort of between 180 and 195 a week. I'm not sure if people were paying different amounts of rent, but 
definitely sub 200 in 2015 and um yeah I've often pointed to that year as being my most I want to say favorite or memorable or formative year but I don't think I learned that much about myself in the hall or made you know great friends mm. obviously I lived with with people from the hall and I'm still very close with SJ and Chris but that flat was was great and went through all the the classic like you know you learn how to admin you learn yeah, about yeah, yeah, insurance yeah. and who's going to be the person that's in charge of paying rent every week and who's going to be in charge of power and you know do we how do we deal with with the flat account and you know are we doing communal cooking did you do communal cooking in your first year uh god did we i think it wasn't like scheduled scheduled but i think there were a few dinners where we would communally cook otherwise we would kind of just yeah figure it out ourselves i really didn't come into community community cooking until the year after that is see that is the thing that i would recommend to everyone going to first year flatting as it, it ticks off so many boxes because we decided super early we're like we'll do communal cooking sunday to thursday there's five of us everyone cooks one day based on when you can do it with your uni schedule mm. and it meant you only had to cook dinner one day a week and at that that point in time that's all that matters like, that is such a time saver um friday saturday everyone everyone's doing their own thing drinks are going out or whatever and so on Saturday, you know, we would say by tomorrow morning, you have to have your ingredients for your dinner. And mm, two mm. people would go and do the shop. We would kind of rotate who would go to the market and the supermarket. I would go more often than some other people because I wanted to make sure that you know, a lot of the time I was like, well, I want to make sure you buy the right things for my dinner. Whereas you know, I was more <laughs> food inclined than other people were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a, a pretty solid system that I would say for three quarters of that year worked really well where... You know, some people better cooks than others. Some people tried harder than others. But for the most part, everyone was cooking one day a week and stuck to that. And it meant that, you know, imagine imagine now if you only had to cook one day a week and you don't have to Uber Eats or do anything, but there's just dinner for you. I think that was so good for us in forming some kind of flat community. And it wasn't, yeah, for sure. it wasn't perfect. We weren't all best friends, but we definitely did a lot of things in the house uh together mm. um one of the things i'll remember it was actually mentioned at the wedding i don't know if you picked up on it but the risk game we had a game of risk that went for three months oh, yeah. in the flat i think we had misunderstood one of the rules or something but that game went on for three months and was just a classic story and one of the nights we were playing risk the bathroom flooded and we didn't notice because we oh. had been playing risk in the lounge and we didn't know who had done it i happily put my hand up and said it could have been me so there was a big flood in the lounge um one night where i think we came back after the holidays and there'd been a flat party you know we'd held one before the holidays and there was all sorts of random alcohol so we did this mad um do you remember the big uh table on glenmore street the yes. round wooden table the round we just, one put all the leftover drinks around it and we sort of just spin the bottle and you just had to drink whatever um i think i saw a photo of that i remember that again we we encourage responsible drinking it was second year university they were different times (laughs) um but yeah had genuinely fantastic experiences in that flat you know got through the winter together we had an outside space which was great for the sun it was walkable to uni I, i think getting that place really determined a lot about my university experience in that second year mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. think about where you live you know imagine now if you had to pay 230 dollars 
to live in a flat that you hated that took you 50 minutes to get to uni every yeah, day yeah. you completely yeah. change your university experience no. um fran and i went we did view one other place just because we thought stuff it why not there was one day and, and we went there was 30 people queuing outside a mount vic property that was earthquake prone and was man it was just it was just disgusting it was so tiny and yeah the the cost of it was unbelievable like the the demand at the moment for places is is insane i just feel mm. so blessed that we went through that experience the time when we did when actually most people's flats were pretty good you know they were yeah. all slightly different and people had better ones and worse ones but and you were paying a decent amount for what you got do you remember what your cuba street place yeah was, i think i was 200 a week and I mean, there was a great flat and you was chose a, to have the biggest room. I so. think that's just that I, cho- I chose to live on Cuba Street. I chose to have the bigger room and it was just, yeah, I was very much happy on doing that. So m- much on what your experience was saying, I think your experience of first year flatting, I would say would be like ideal. I think for me, not I very perfect, much have, by no means perfect, not, but, no, but not, ideal no. is a good word. In the sense of that growth, you know, kind of thing and the kind of community that you had with your place. For me, I would say my first year flatting, I would say would be almost a fantasy in the sense of like, I mean, obviously it was two guys flatting with four girls. That was fun in itself, I got to say. Um, and but you had was, some good looking flatmates. We had some, we had some beautiful looking wahine in our flat, definitely. Um, but I would say in the sense of like, we were drinking a lot, you know, we were partying a lot. We were in town kind of thing. Um, I remember some of the parties we had in that flat and they were crazy to the point that noise control got called and the police came a few times. Um, it was very rowdy. and But we had a good community in the sense of we all got on and on with each other. But my, my one story while I was in the flat, I remember we, I think we were having a birthday party and my house got absolutely filled with people like a crazy amount to have on a flat on cuba street and people were like dancing on top of the fridge on top of the countertops there were like people pretty much scattered throughout like the balcony and stuff and we're in the middle of town like it's not very discreet and i remember now this is a horror story for anyone who has horror stories of flatting I remember we were I was in the kitchen dancing and all of a sudden my feet got wet and I could I could see that there were just water in in the lounge in the in the kitchen I was like where is this water coming from I was like uh, okay so I started following the water went down the hallway all the way to the bathroom as I got there the water was coming out of the bathroom door underneath it someone opened the door and just walked right past me I walked into the bathroom. The toilet was clogged. There was piss and toilet paper and who knows what inside the toilet. And it was clogged and overflowing. And I know that I just walked past a guy who had just pissed in it and didn't care. So everyone was trampling through toilet water and piss in the flat. And no one had said a thing. So I pretty much saw this, closed the door went to my flatmates and I was like shut this party down right now they're like what I was like come with me and I showed them they were like "Ooh, <laughs> that's disgusting and as we were shutting down the party and telling everyone to get out the cops turned up now I don't mean like two cops turned up 
I'm talking about a squad of eight cops turned up to our, our place. Two at the door. There were people on Cuba Street, Cuba Street, and at the back and up in the car park. Do you remember the car park behind my yeah. flat? There were cops on the second floor looking at us. Wow. And we we they were like, shut this party down. And I was like, don't worry, I'm already on it. And I don't just worry, back- guys, because no, the cops <laughs> love nothing more than you being told. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry, worry about it. I got this. So I went back into the house and I'm trying to kick people out and people were just like not having a ball. And I was like, no, you've got to get out. I went back into the bathroom. At this point, I was absolutely livid that I punched my door uh, to the bathroom and I put a hole in it. <laughs> and that is the first proper time that I've ever hulked out on anger and alcohol. <laughs> wow. Which we don't condone. Which we don't condone. Drink responsibly. Um, I think I definitely wasn't there that night. No, you weren't there. But I remember hearing the story of this from yeah. you. So yeah. I think we were, I, I don't know if, if, you know, we were close by that point, but I, I rem, as soon as you nah, mentioned I think we like, were, we were, because it was near the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and another point, just to add fuel to the fire, the the water leaked through the floorboards. That's what I was going to say. It wasn't the person yeah. below. Yeah. Yeah. So down board was it was eyeball kicks. The um eyeball I I can't remember. It's like a um a gallery like a um uh they sell like uh, paintings and stuff. Uh, they were below us, and the water leaked through the floorboards into their store and got on some of the stuff. I don't remember paying for anything. I got to say, so I'm not entirely sure how all of that, how all of that came to reconcile. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. Very bad. My flooding nightmare. Flooding nightmare. I mean, that's what happens <laughs> when you live in town, man. Yeah, I know. But I don't know if yeah. it happens anymore. I mean, as a tangent, it seems like flat parties are definitely on their way out. I mean, we're not really in the know anymore, but probably that's because there aren't as many second years that have flats you know so if people Mm. don't have flats and places people want to go we wouldn't be we wouldn't be exposed to them um i guess the next step in the story is that i was when i was in our flat uh which we called the firm i don't know if other people do this um but our original (laughs) flat we called the firm based on the fact that lots of us were watching suits at the time Mm. um uh american legal drama for people who don't know uh so the law firm whatever we took a a photo yeah this is a pretty good example of that flat one evening we spent a lot of time getting dressed in our best like formal wear and recreating uh one of the suits posters in one of our lounges (laughs) um hashtag the firm and I think I found out some point during that year that I had been accepted on exchange and that I was going to go on exchange from January to June of my third year of university and so then knew that i wasn't going to live there and some point along the line we must have had a conversation saying that i was moving out and somehow i don't remember why i mean we don't even necessarily need to go into every detail but the long story of the story the long and the short of the story is matt ended up moving into my room which became his room and was very much not my room and he rearranged it differently and i always found that both 
both lovely and really weird that we mm. lived in the same room but have never lived but we've together never as together. flatmates yeah no, it really does feel like yeah. because you came to parties when i was there i came to parties yep. when you were there yeah we spent a lot of time socializing together but we've never actually lived together no and we might hate living together you know or we might <laughs> love it that's the thing about flatting you think you know mm. but it doesn't matter how close you are with with someone and you know social sense it doesn't necessarily mean that you would live well with him yeah yeah no i i know what you mean quick story i know you said we were going to do the short of it but the reason the reason why i moved in i took your room was because four girls two guys all of the girls had told me and harry that we were moving out that we weren't staying there anymore and i was and we were like oh okay yeah sweet as and they're like yeah i think we're just gonna all go and do our own thing and so me and Harry were like, okay, sweet, we'll, we'll sort we'll sort something out. And then I think me and Harry weren't quite entirely sure if we were going to stick together or what we were going to do. And then that's when you and me got into the conversation that you were leaving and I could take your room. And I was like, oh, well, this might actually work out perfectly. So I said to you, yes, I'll take it, I'll do it. And then, so this was all arranged, we were going to do this. And I think we had a moving day or whatever. And then I was talking to the girls. And I was like, yeah, I found myself a place. I'm actually moving this. What are you guys up to? They were like, oh, no, we're staying. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, no, no, we're staying. The two girls next door are going to move in. And I was like, what? Witches. Through, I said it with I've, a W, witches. I've gone through all of this to go and find my own place. And you guys, they pretty much just wanted me and Harry out of the picture so they could yeah. have a girl's place. It was yeah. just all six girls the very next year. Um, and I mean, there's part of me that's like, good. I didn't want to have to deal with all of those parties and scenarios again, but also the fact is I absolutely love that place. Yeah. Um, but then I absolutely fell in love with the greenhouse. No, Oh, that I was, I said the wrong one. I fell in love with James's room. I took it over and it became the greenhouse. This is the <laughs> controversial thing. Matt and I both refer to the same house by different, different names. names. To me, it's the firm to him. It's the greenhouse. <laughs> it might be the one serious bit of beef between us. Do, do you know the the thing that would settle it is that if we ask sj what she considers the house to be because yeah. for those that don't know me and james have both lived with sj in that same house just at different times james was, the, was with sj in the house first he left i went in and then i flitted with sj the very next year so it'd be interesting to see what sj would call glenmore street see i would be more inclined to poll like anyone we knew over those two years people that random people that came over those two yeah. years yeah um rather than putting putting estray on, on the spot Do you know what but i would i would probably put more on the greenhouse because we actually had dj gigs mm. at the flat yeah i don't know if you ever came to them did you ever come to one i don't think so no i think they more I think happened when in you the were first the first away, half yeah. of the year yeah yeah, because I, um, for all of us that don't know, I've mentioned it before, Dylan, very good friend, DJ. Um, he we he was in Glenmore Street when I was there, um, and we flatted together for a few years. And yeah, we had multiple kind of um, parties. Never got out of control as what happened on Cuba Street. But I got to say, the greenhouse and the way that that place was situated, how big it was, the area out back, the fact that you can get on the roof, although once again safe drinking responsible drinking uh don't get on the roof if you're drunk 
but just the way that house was situated it was in you know it was in calvin it was away from everything perfect place for a party man i absolutely loved those parties even obviously when you were there when i came to a few of those ones it was just such a good place to have a house party and that's why i fell in love with house parties i hate going to town i hated it because when i think back to the parties that i've had at at glenmore street amazing times and it was Mm. such a good place such a good vibes two living rooms one room was able to be beer pong you know it was just you can go outside and people that socialize outside downstairs upstairs it was just such a good flat and while while you were living there i was uh living it up in la but not living it up in a living sense because i was living in a single bedroom with two other guys in that bedroom i think i've mentioned on the show before because that's the nature of American universities, particularly public ones, where there's such high demand. They can afford to say, yeah, three of you living in the same room. That's standard. You live with one other person. It's called double or in a triple with two other people. And that's that's their whole experience. Man, and so did, they get were, hot? did they get hot and sweaty? Yeah, yeah. There yeah, was some beef imagine, between the other two guys about whether like how hot or cold the thermostat needs oh, to be at night. <laughs> But it just meant that you spent most of your time like not in your room and then you yeah, could come back. Yeah, and yeah. one of the guys I got on really well with, um, Danny, shout out. We don't talk that much uh, anymore. Sometimes, very, very infrequently. But we got on really, really well. And he was super formative in that time for me. And this other guy, Charles, who just... God, Charles was a, <laughs> a problematic guy. Um, anyway, we'll move on from that. But but yeah, I went from this big... This big house to all of a sudden living in really really close quarters with these with two people and then so i came back from there and in my last semester of my third year of uni while you were still uh, on glenmore street i moved in with mum dad which was a really different yes, experience yeah. to go from all that freedom to living with mum and dad um and i might get myself into trouble here but i don't think i was seeing anyone at the time no, I don't think I was. So there wasn't anyone's place that I was specifically spending lots of time with. You know what was funny, though? That year was when I was doing this big production paper at uh, Vic. I'm going to see how long it takes you to remember what I'm what I'm going to talk about. But I was living at home with mum and dad in Hatayde, so not close to Kelvin. You were living super close to Kelvin. And I had these rehearsals. And at some point I said to you guys, do you mind if I sleep on your couch on oh, Monday yeah, sleep night? Sleep on the couch. Yeah. No, it wasn't because of rehearsal. It was because I had rehearsals on Monday evening, and I was working at the lab on Tuesday mornings. Yes. And so to me, it made no sense to go from Calvin to Tarde at like nine p.m. only to have to go back mm. to Calvin for like six thirty a.m. Mm. So for a decent period of my second semester, I would sleep on the couch at yes. the flat, which was you it would. sounds weird, but it was such a nice arrangement. Like I had bought the couch. I knew it was very sleepable, uh, and it meant I got to spend time with with you and and SJ, people that I was friends with. And what a weird flatting arrangement! Like it would sound weird now, but mm. but mm. that was kind of the relationship that we had in in that place. Um, and then I think you stayed on there. Did you live there in twenty seventeen? Yeah, yeah. So I was there twenty sixteen and seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. And in twenty seventeen, I again had the weird situation where. I was like, I'm not going to stay at home. I don't want to live somewhere crap. Who can I live with? Grouped with a couple of uh, couple of uh, ladies that I had known from various uh, uh, things in Wellington. Uh, Elle and Vanessa. Don't know if they listen to this, but if they do, shout out. And we had kind of 
all been in situations where we weren't in a rush and we just waited for something to come along. And again, this is another story of fortune favors those who have time, I guess is the best <laughs> thing to say. And we waited and waited and waited. And so rather than getting somewhere in January or February, I think we got all the way to April. And all of a sudden, Vanessa was like, there's this place that's come up. It's five bedrooms. There were only three of us, but I know a couple of people looking. Should we just, you know, you know, throw a chance to win? Let's just go and view it. And I was super against it. I was like, I don't want to live with that many people. But then we went and viewed this place in Ken- in, in Mount Victoria, which would become Kennedy Manor, uh, which was this crazy five-bedroom a two-story house with the the most amazing view of the harbour. It was Truly ridiculous. the most amazing view of Wellington Harbour. I mean, it had a spa pool, like a spa room, for God's sake. <laughs> and we just got lucky. The people had just bought it. They wanted it rented pretty quickly. It was just the right number of rooms that kind of awkwardly big for a family of like two. But some yo pros wouldn't want to live there because not quite enough space and... So six of us lived in five bedrooms and that was when I lived in a tiny room that I paid way less rent for because I went, hey, this house is amazing. I don't need to spend time in my bedroom. Mm, I'll spend mm. time in, in the lounge. And that was a completely different experience because with the exception of L, everyone was working. And the way you engage with where you live is completely different when you're not a student anymore. You want it to be somewhere where you come home at the end of the day and you want to be able to relax there. You want to be able to spend time by yourself or spend time with other people. It's not so much about socializing. Um, yeah, it becomes less about the week, like what you can do there in the weekend. You know, are you party people? Are you not party people? Can you have people over? It's more about the functionality of it during the week. And I think that year was valuable in figuring out the kind of people that I liked living with and people that I didn't like living with. I think in Kelburn, all of us were pretty good flatmates, like, seven out of 10 or better. Whereas there at uh, Kennedy Manor, there was more beef formed between people based on the way that people lived and dietary preferences. And, you know, it was a smallish kitchen. So six people couldn't cook there. Like probably only two people could cook there once and people coming home from work at the same time, you know, more inbuilt tension, I would say, mm, than uni mm. where everyone was kind of like, oh, I don't care. I don't really eat anything properly anyway. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed living there. So close to town, which was amazing. Credible views, which was amazing. Like the, the you know, it was pretty warm in, in winter. We definitely felt very, very lucky. And much like Glenmore Street, which passed down the line of people we knew, which often happens in Wellington when you find somewhere good, uh, there's still someone that we know Al living on Kennedy Street because it's passed through, I think now, like five generations of, of groups because you just never want to let yeah, it just happens. You pass it on yeah, to people you yeah, know. You never yeah. want to quite let go of it. Um, but that was a very different flat living with people that were all older than me. I was the youngest. Uh, there were people that were a, a couple of years older than me. And again, some still some really good memories there. Um, I remember one particular night where, I don't know who his idea was, but we were like, let's all go on Omegle as, as a flat. For those of you who don't know, Omegle is like an online... Uh, website where it kind of randomly links you up with someone on webcam somewhere in the world um, a lot of R18 activity goes on um, yeah, I was going to say you must have, you must have seen it. a lot I, we, we saw a lot but we chatted <laughs> to some random people 
we we saw some things we didn't need to see uh we were exposed to some things but again like a super positive bonding experience but there was also one person that lived in that flat that i just realized it was a really shame it was a real shame because at the start we got on quite well and then something just just happened over the course of it and the the relationships broke down really really significantly not just with me and this person but with the flat as a whole and Mm. that was the Mm. first time i experienced how toxic a shared living space can be and how friendships that were really strong can be broken by how people have different opinions on something as silly as as the concept of shared shared space which i don't suggest is silly but it can be really small things that build to a bigger philosophy which can break um friendships apart which yeah again is why this this whole thing like we said your flooding experiences can be super formative in a positive or a negative way living with people can make some of your best friends for life or you can live with someone that you were really close with and you maybe five years down the track go you know what i wish i hadn't lived with that person because we'd probably still be really close but actually Mm. we we grew apart because of that yeah yeah Yeah. it's hard yeah i uh, that's definitely hard because i I mean i remember uh, for glenmore street after you when i was there for two more years there were a lot of people in and out but for for different different circumstances like i remember we were with sj um and then sj left after 2016 and then our very close friend finn um finn came in with his partner danny and so they were a couple uh when me and rachel uh, my ex-partner was still together we were a couple um and then we found another couple actually dylan um and his previous partner also um they moved in downstairs and then i remember dylan moved away with his now current partner <laughs> hannah Hi, Hannah. I don't know. Hannah, actually, I don't think you listen to these because Dylan told me you don't listen to these. But if you are listening to this one, hi. Um, They moved away. And then all of a sudden it became me, Rach, Danny and Finn. And the bottom room just unfortunately became a hostel room. And there were people going in and out of it. And that was a whole nother thing. Like we didn't find anyone long term. And like some people were coming in and some people were coming out. And that was really random. So I think we had like three or four different people through 2017 living in that bottom room. Um, And it was really strange. It was really weird. Um, But they were all good people. But it was very in and out. And it just became a hostel. It was really strange. That's a completely different vibe as well. Yeah. Um, definitely so that's why after when we were done at glenmore street it was very much like hey finn and danny we really like you guys do you want a flat and they were like yeah let's do it and then that's when we found a two-bedroom apartment on courtney place and then we flatted on courtney place 2018 2019 two couples and that's another dynamic as well you know yeah the circles of wellington flatting groups are just we should seriously sit down one day and just draw the connections of who has oh, yeah, who like, and who yeah, has yeah. because I, I think if we if we went to even two degrees of separation even just you know people that we were at university with it would be massive it would yeah. be so big um but yeah it's, it's funny how far i mean i'm sure you feel the same in terms of growth of of you can be a person that is relatively welcoming in terms of how you live but it doesn't mean uh, it doesn't mean you don't have your specific preferences. For me, one of the things that I was always firmly on the fence of was I was 
why do we have the heaters on all of the time mm. and you're sitting around in shorts? Yeah. That was one of the things that always pissed me off, bro. I couldn't understand. Hit I was peeve. like, money is money. Mm-hmm. We all pay for this. And I'm putting a jumper on or even, you know, especially in, in second year, first year, it's like I'm wearing a puffer jacket inside. Sure, this isn't normal, but this is what we're going through. But some people, you know, timed heaters and like I get up in the morning at this point and I'm like, it's put cold in the morning. Clothes. Like, yeah, put, put on, on some clothes. clothes, you know, that sort of stuff. You can be the most welcoming person in the world, but mm-hmm. ultimately those years help you realize what is not just important to you, but where you're willing to draw a line in the sand and mm. where you're the battles that you're going to fight for and, and the things that you're just going to give over because you can't fight every living battle fridge space kitchen space like chores rosters who's the person in charge of paying power all that sort of stuff you can't fight every single battle and i think it comes down to learning those lessons and every year you take another step with what you'll accept and and what you won't and in the end when people you know find uh boyfriends and girlfriends and those relationships become cemented i think ultimately that's the reason why people want to move in um with each other as fran and i just have now it's not so much i think part of it is having your own space privacy can be a thing yeah but it's just not having to invest any effort in figuring out what things you disagree with and agree with Mm. most of the time you know no one is the disney villain on the other side of things they just see the world through a slightly different perspective whether Mm, it's just someone has they view this thing as being something worth spending money on i'm not going to say that someone who thinks money spending money on power is, is stupid that makes so much sense being comfortable and warm is one of the the few things that really matter in a flat but to me the use of that the way that was being used didn't make sense it wasn't responsible we were being wasteful and i think the older you get the the finer the margins for what you'll accept get um we won't even go into me living uh flatting in bristol which was a whole different thing because yeah, completely true. different environment moving in with two people that i didn't know at all mm. i just viewed the flat and i thought it was okay and they were like cool you can live here and two uh, girls who i didn't know two indoor cats one of them was very passive one of them was the, not the cats one of the flatmates one was super <laughs> passive one was less passive there ended up again being some beef because my room was super super cold in winter and theirs weren't and i was like hey i like i need to i need to heat this room separately like it's freezing in here mm. and there was the beef of like well they wanted me to pay for it and i was like um like no this you know we it was because we were paying the same amount for rooms i wasn't paying less for it i was paying the same as Uh, their rooms and i was like we're on an even scale anyway but dealing with that with people that i wasn't friends with it was a whole different situation when you have relationships in some way easier because i didn't kind of care about not burning bridges but i was invested in those people but Mm. harder because i didn't have the preset relationship with them to rely on um and then of course when you end up living with someone just the two of you then there's some ways decisions are easier but some ways decisions are harder because you you are a couple like <laughs> you know yeah. you have to make a decision ultimately you can't go in your room and like grumble about about the flatmate so it's uh, all of this is so formative and i 
definitely buy into the belief that where you live being comfortable and happy living there is the most important thing like more important than work yeah you can have a shitty job and hate your work but if where you come home to you like spending the evenings there and you feel warm and you feel comfortable and the shower pressure is good and whether you have flatmates that you like spending time with or you have your own solidarity i think that's more important than i'm not saying your dream job and living in a dump but if things if things are on the margins where you live to me affects things more than where you work that's just my opinion no, I, I totally agree and I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a living testament to that at the moment in the sense of I'm living by myself. I am in a, a studio apartment all by myself. I, I can't forget about Angel, obviously, my cat. Um, but it, it's it's been nice and been like I've needed it for everything that I've talked about that's happened with me in the past year and, and on this podcast and things. It's it as much as I've said it's like it's lonely like it is but that's just because I've come out of different situations where I've just been surrounded by people and always around people but I feel like what I've been through this year and what I want to accomplish going forward in the sense of just like being comfortable with myself and being comfortable with what I'm doing and just focus on me it's been really nice being by myself and I'm actually really looking forward to this year. Uh, whether that changes and I find a group of people and I'm like, yeah, actually, let's do this. But I'm kind of at the moment uh, loving it. I have my own space. I have my own setup. I'm making it more and more home every single day. I love my cat. I can cook. Because that, actually, that's one of the pet peeves I was going to say when you were talking before, the kitchen. Yeah. I'm a stickler for the kitchen. Kitchen's got to be clean. And when people cook and it's not clean, oh, I absolutely hated it. So for me, just being able to cook and clean my kitchen and keep that all clean and everything and all of that kind of stuff, it it's nice being able to tick off the jobs and the chores in the day and then continue with the day. But I think I'm definitely coming to more terms in the sense of I need to get out a bit more and I have very much been in a bit of a cave, but I appreciate being by myself a lot more these days yeah and that's the flip side when you live by yourself you can design things exactly how you want yeah the beauty of flatting with people especially people you don't know that well in second and third year university is you get exposed to all these new social groups Mm. someone's like Mm. i'm going to this do you want to come say yes when you guys host something people come over that you've never met before we can be testament to how important uh, like yeah. flat parties can be in, in forging friendships, perhaps even relationships that can last for a long time. <laughs> True. And often it's the <laughs> person that you know least being like, I'm doing this tonight. Do you want to come? That leads to whole new friendships that you wouldn't mm. get. And that's why I never understood people that I went to school with or knew from school years who stayed at home with their parents. I was like, what does saving money matter? If you're not, if you're going to miss out on all these opportunities to meet people. I think the beautiful thing that I can say about my flooding experiences over the last however many years is that I don't think I would change anything. Nah, neither. Maybe, maybe the ways I dealt with certain experiences and maybe little fights that occur, certain small things maybe could have been dealt with differently, but I feel really blessed about the places I lived and the people I lived with, the amount yep. of time that I lived in those places, mm-hmm. the way that, you know, halls went into first flat, went into exchange, coming back home, going into another place. 
I feel very fortunate in the way that all of those have gone relatively seamlessly. Mm. And again, I feel bad for people who didn't have that experience, you know, but that's just my personal, uh, you know, you know, joy in how I view other people's experiences. But more importantly now with the, the way that the rental crisis in Wellington is mounting, I seriously feel like there'll be people who won't be enjoying what should be, you know, we all ridiculed our parents saying, oh, the best years of your life, but they are. And they people, are. people, those best years, how could they possibly be as enjoyable if people are living in houses that are, let's be honest, worse than what we lived in and probably paying more for them than yeah. what we, than what we were, we were paying. So yeah, I think over the last year being back home, being in Wellington has made me really, reminisce on how lucky we are to have gone through those periods sure you can say like our parents didn't pay for university at all and like rents used to be 90 dollars a week rather than 180 but i think we're pretty fortunate with when we went through university especially when you compare it to to what people are going through now is yeah it's just really sad particularly for university people i don't mind when people that are working at Deloitte or whatever have to pay $250 a week, even if they're on a average salary because they go, this is the bed you made. You've chosen this career and eventually you will start making more money. These are decisions that you made and you can probably deal with them. Like that's what post uni working life is for most people. But when you're in university and that is a time to just enjoy socializing and realizing what the next stage of independent life is that's when i feel people are really missing out some people can't even get flats i first to continue this ramble people are sleeping literally sleeping in cars there are students sleeping in cars yes people have been doing that in the past but it's way it's happening way more now and sleeping on people's couches not in the way that i was fortunate enough to sleep on your guys couch to be close <laughs> for to you one by choice yeah. for one night like yeah they cannot find a place it's sad it's really sad so it'll be interesting watching going forward uh what happens with this new infrastructure and stuff you know the government has put acceleration funds in the sense of new homing and things like that but it's going to be really interesting to see you know obviously this new stuff's going to help uh first home buyers and maybe not investors as much now but what's it going to do for renting you know i think the really bad problem is is that what we have for our infrastructure is that there's no renting properties you know there's no purpose-built rental properties so it'll be interesting to see going forward how a lot of that infrastructure goes in towards that instead of necessarily just doing homes but renting properties and stuff like that so yeah I, I completely hear what you're saying and it's we are very fortunate I, I I'm much the same I really wouldn't change much that's happened but I'm a stickler for that because we wouldn't be where we are right now if everything hadn't happened the way that it happened so uh, even though I'm all by myself uh, becoming a cat, cat man um, I'm okay <laughs> and I'm and I am okay with that you know um, 2021 is gonna give us a whole new experience you know I'm gonna have a whole year by myself and you're gonna be in a, a place with your partner which yeah. is gonna be so exciting to see how that goes <laughs> hey we have a housewarming tomorrow that's you go from all right don't rub it, it in no but i'm sorry that's that's unfair you'll see it you'll come you'll stay we'll party but isn't it funny how the terminology changes to we're having a flat party to 
We're having a house housewarming. It's the same thing, <laughs> but as the years go by, we 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 change how we refer to these things. Yeah, very um, true, very true. We are growing up. We are growing. We up. we are growing up scarily, scarily fast. <laughs> but it's nice to have people here with us to help slow it down, to help yep. track with us. Exactly. Um, we hope it hasn't been too much of a sort of Matt and James tell stories from their lives episode. But yeah, with well, all the rental stuff hearing going our on, stories. Wow. Well, well, some people do. I hope. Um, yeah, it's been nice to, to go down to go down memory lane and talk about flooding because it's kind of the one thing that never changes. You know, mm. let your living circumstance, and that is something that is really, you know, coming to a head in Wellington and New Zealand at the moment. Housing is such a constant, and it, we thought it was worth using that as a segue to to dive into our our experiences. Um, before we head off. How's your beer been, bro? Final thoughts? Closing thoughts? i got to say, it's really good, bro. Once again, love my hazies. Uh, Parrot Dog, I do have an affiliation for. They've got a regular hazy, but this hazy IPA, got to say, goes down really smooth and exactly the right notes that I like in my beer. So for me, I'd give it a good solid, good solid 8.9 out of 10. 8.9. Bro, you read my mind. I was going to say, you know what it is? You've been watching one by pizza reviews and you know that single numbers is a rookie score. It's rookie. <laughs> uh, that's a high rating. It I'm going to give the it's sawmill India Pale Ale. Um, 6.7. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just fine. I think, as I said, because I'm so fruit minded when it comes to ipas like i like a beer that i'm like oh that's got fruit fruity and sweetness um this doesn't have that to their credit it does say thirst quenching bitterness on it and if it was uh a really hot day and you didn't want something sweet i i'm and actually i think i had one of these a week ago and did enjoy it more but just for the purpose of today me enjoying it on this day i probably wouldn't buy it again Mm -hmm. um but I don't think they've falsely advertised. So I think for certain people who like an IPA that's more sort of one note, it probably would be for them. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, first round of brulette. First brew, round of brulette. brulette. Unsuccessful. The coffers go up to $4. Um, we'll be back next week to re-explain, hopefully synthesize a bit more. Uh, and who knows, next week it could be the week, bro. It could. I could. I'm gonna try, just trying to get in your mind. Yeah, we just got to really like. <laughs> well, that was me. I was like, mm, Parrot Dog, yeah. Wellington Brewery. Yeah, he'll have a Wellington beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we strike those two beers off the list. And that's the other yep. thing we should say for people who have said, more brew content, more brew content. By the end of the year, you'll have our completely subjective opinions on New Zealand's aluminium canned. Uh, <laughs> beers available at the supermarket um thanks for this week bro nice to be back into the swing of things nice to be here on a thursday afternoon Mm -hmm. evening it's just coming up six o'clock very different style as the sun's starting to go down but honestly i've really enjoyed being able to sit down and have a beer and uh and talk flatting it's been great flatting and be a bit nostalgic as the buzzfeed question today has said that we are so that was nice hey bro you know what we should live together. Oh, let's, bro, you, you know, know what? what? Let's we, live. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's live together. Let's do that. Do, do you want to just? Do you want to share a room? Let's. Or? No, definitely <laughs> oh, okay. not. Okay, own rooms. Okay. Let's. Should we? Do you want to? Can we? 
a classic yeah. conversation <laughs> that we've all had. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Uh, obviously, things are slightly different as we'll be releasing uh, somewhere Thursday evening, Friday morning. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming back in. We're super excited for the next few weeks. We've got some great topics lined up and it's nice to, to feel like we're engaging with you through Brulette. Um, stay engaged because as we say, the prize pool will go up and up and up and you could be walking away with, I don't know, if it goes for long enough, $200 worth of whatever your alcohol tastes are. Um, obviously drink responsibly. Have one, one a week, more than okay. But Matt, to you, Thank you for this week. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, anything left to say? Uh, anything left to say? Uh, just uh, just keep on enjoying yourselves, everyone. Just keep yeah. on enjoying yourselves. Have fun. Heads up. Just enjoy life. <laughs> one year on from lockdown. One year count, on from lockdown. Count our blessings that Here we, we are. be out and about. And Matt, on that note, all that's left to be said is we'll see you next time. Peace. I'll be waiting for you to come around Hesitating with my feet stuck in the ground